Well, did you see him? Well, did you see her? Did you see anybody? Those are the questions that we used to ask ourselves when we lived in Nashville. Because when I lived in Nashville, way back in the day, long time ago, there were famous people who lived amongst the wild. There were famous people who just walked around all the time doing normal local things, running all their normal errands. And so we would always ask each other, well, did you see anybody? Did you see them? There was one time when I was in the grocery store and I was looking for vegetables and somehow I ended up picking out broccoli with Nicole Kidman. There was one time when I was really hungry and so I went to my favorite place for lunch and I walked up to the counter and I sat on a stool and I ordered this really big messy sandwich and I was eating my sandwich and I could kind of feel this person next to me who was kind of judging me, like looking at me. And I was like, I don't care. I'm going to keep eating this messy sandwich. Turns out I was being judged by Nora Jones. I know. I was at a coffee shop. It was one of those 24-hour, seven-day-week kind of coffee shops. And I was studying, and it was 10 o'clock at night. And I was so worried about the test I had the next day. I was just trying to cram. And in walks Amy and Emily from the Indigo Girls and sits down at the table And when I left, they picked up the tab for everybody in the place. I ran into Amy Grant and Vince Gill after the Ryman Theater performance. I was just walking around downtown. There they were. But my favorite, one of my favorites, I was actually at a gift store in Nashville. And all of a sudden, the store owner was like, we got to close up for a minute. I'll be right back. And somehow, she locked the door and left me in a gift shop with Brad Paisley for five minutes. And we literally just stood there and stared at each other like, what do we do? (laughs) One of my friends, though, he was a busboy for one of the famous big steakhouses. And so after work, he would always come back to the house where we all lived, and he would tell us about all the people he cleaned up after. One time, he literally cleaned the dishes of Dolly Parton. Another night, he actually cleaned up after Tim McGraw. And of course, I'm like, Brian, what is your problem? Why aren't you calling me about these things? As soon as you see them walk in, you need to call me. I will come, I will order dessert, and I'll just sit at the table. And he's like, Marion, I would never do that because you are not cool. Like you would ruin everything and you would break all the rules. In Nashville, there's kind of these unspoken rules for people who live there on what to do when you see someone famous. There are rules. And what you're supposed to do is leave them alone. You're not supposed to stare. You're not supposed to talk to them. You're not supposed to follow them. You're not supposed to take pictures. You're not supposed to ask for their autograph. You need to leave them alone. And whenever they leave, that's when you go, did you see them? Did you see them? You talk about them when they leave. We all have these fun times when we've seen somebody famous. I know you have your own sighting stories. And I know that you, like me, remember all the details about when you saw him and what happened all the way down to the time of day. There are all kinds of sighting stories in history. 
And I am going to read to you one right now. It comes from the Gospel of John. The sighting story says, The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself do not know him, but I come baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the chosen one. And then the very next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples. And he watched Jesus walk by and he exclaimed, look, there he is, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. And when Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day, and it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. And one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, or Kepha, which is translated Peter. It is very obvious to me that these guys would not have done well in Nashville because they too broke all of the rules. In the Gospel of John, we have two different sighting stories, and they both happen in the very first chapter. The first chapter of John is divided into two halves, and the first is a signing story of John. It's actually John telling the reader, telling people who he sees himself to be. It's a witness of who he is. And then the second half of John is a witness of who Christ is or who John sees Christ to be. And so John says, I baptized Jesus. And the very next day, John is there with some friends. And Jesus begins to walk by. And John can't help himself. Hey, do you see him? He's right there. And his friends get so excited that they follow him. 
And you can almost feel the energy. They're following him. They want to talk to him. You know they do. They want his picture. They want his autograph. They just want to bother him. You know that's what they want to do. You know they want to ask him questions. But before they can, Jesus turns around and says, what are you looking for? I love that. I love that before anybody could do anything, Jesus turns around and says, what are you looking for? And the sighting happens about four o'clock in the afternoon. I don't like to lose things. It bothers me when I lose things. But if Jesus were here and says to me, "Uh, what are you looking for, Marion? I'm afraid I have to say my phone. I lose my phone daily, multiple times a day. I'm like, where's my phone? Anybody see my phone? So I'm sorry. If Jesus was here, Marion, what are you looking for? I'd have to say, my phone, Lord. Can you please help me find my phone? I know you've lost things. Arturo lost a pack of markers the other day, and he spent probably three days looking for them. It's funny. I thought it was funny. You probably lost a stuffed animal or a favorite lovey. Maybe you lost a favorite blanket or a piece of jewelry or a belt or a pair of shoes or a note or your keys. People lose things. Actually, there's a study that says Americans, if they took all of the span of time that they spent looking for something, it averages one year of every person's life is spent looking for something. What are you looking for? cute story. The phone rings and a little boy answers it. Hello? And the caller says, is your mother there? Yeah, she's here. Can I talk to her? Nope, she's busy. Caller says, okay, is your dad there? Yeah, he's here. Caller says, okay, well, can I talk to him? Nope, he's busy. Caller says, okay, well, is there anybody else there at your house? Yeah, my little sister's here, but she's busy too. Caller says, okay. Well, is there any adult in the house? Yeah, we have a policeman here. Okay, well, can I talk to the policeman? Nope, she's busy. Okay, is there any other adult in your house? Yeah, the fireman's here. (laughs) Okay, can I talk to the fireman? Nope, he's busy too. The caller says, okay, I'm a little nervous. So you have your mom, your dad, your little sister, a policeman, and a fireman, and they're all busy. I'm worried if everything's okay. What are they all doing? A little boy whispers, they're looking for me. (laughs) I know, it's funny. It's terrible. Funny. Everybody's looking for something. What are you looking for? What are the people around you looking for? Do you even know? What are you looking for? It's a good, good, good question for Jesus to ask because there are all sorts of people who are following Jesus for all kinds of different reasons. There are a group of people that have been plagued with long-term illness and disease and cast out into the margins of society and the culture and the world. What are they looking for? Healing. They're a group of people who are mad at Jesus because he's doing all the wrong things on all the wrong days. And what are they looking for? A fight, an argument. Jesus is beginning to perform these miracles. 
He's making food multiply. He's turning water into wine. There are people following him for the miracles. What are they looking for? Proof. There's a story going around town of a man named Jesus who's been sighted on mountains and on the water, being baptized and telling these stories. And sometimes they make sense and sometimes they don't. And he's talking about a new way to live. What are those people in those crowds looking for? Proof. Identity. A place. An argument. A healing. What are you looking for? When we wake up in the mornings and we start a new day, what are we looking for? When we start a new relationship, when we start a new job, when we start a new school, when we start a new year, what are we looking for? When we wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and when we go to bed at night, what are we looking for? And when we come to church, what are we looking for? It's a great story about this small town in Portugal. I won't even try to pronounce it because I'm from the South and it will sound terrible. But there's a small town in Portugal. It's in the northern part. And the story goes that there's a little dog. The dog's name is Preta. And every single Sunday morning, Preta wakes up and exactly at 5 a.m., walks from her owner's house 16 miles all the way to the local Roman Catholic church. And whenever Preta gets to the church, she nestles down in her spot that she created right by the altar. And she waits for the congregation. And the story goes that little Preta worships with everybody. So when they stand, she stands. When they sit, she sits. When they sing, she sings. And when they pray, she bows her head. Reports were going around that people were looking at the dog, looking at Preta. And guess what? Church attendance went through the roof to the point where the story was picked up by a newspaper. And they said, what in the world is happening at this church when there are no more seats left? And everybody says, we're coming to see Preta. What are you coming, looking for at Chapel Roswell? Are you looking for a certain person? Are you looking for a certain experience? Are you waiting for your own sighting? How amazing would it be if we're all just kind of hanging out and we could nudge each other and say, I saw him. I saw him at 10 o'clock in the morning during Sunday school. It was at my Bible study. It was at my small group. I remember it vividly in every detail. I saw him when I went to worship at 1115. I 
Psalm right around four o'clock in the afternoon over at the Dodd building when the family promised families were getting out their blankets and their pillows and their towels trying to figure out how to make the small little classroom home for a week. I saw him exactly at February 3rd at 6 p.m. when over 100 youth came for AYL, All to Your Life, and they just descended on campus so that they could look and see if they saw him too. How amazing would it be if we remembered all of our sightings and all of our appearances in detail and told so many people that everybody started to come? What are you looking for? Disciples, when they were asked, what are you looking for? The disciples responded with, where are you staying? And Jesus says, come and see. What happened next was the disciples, they went to where he was and they didn't want to leave him. They wanted to be in the presence of the one. And it changed their life. So what happened was when they saw Jesus, broke the rules, their whole life changed. Nathan and I had to go back to Nashville for a reunion. It was training, continuing ed, reunion, all the above. And we ended up being with about 10 of our friends, all from seminary. And we all decided to go to dinner in Nashville for that reunion. And so there we are in Nashville, this wonderful restaurant. We're all getting situated. And you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to look around and see if I see anybody. Because that's what I do. Do I see anybody famous? And sure enough, guess who I saw out of the corner of my eye? Billy Bob Thornton. I was trying to act cool. So I started to kick my husband under the table. I'm like, there he is. You see him? Of course, there he is, and the whole table started to see him. And at some point, Billy Bob Thornton decided to get up, and I have no idea where he was going. But as soon as he got up and started to move toward the table and past the table, one of our friends stood up and got right in front of him. He's like, hello, how are you doing? Excuse me, sir. And he said, you're not going to believe this, but I want to ask you a question. And Billy Bob's just kind of staring at him like, are you serious right now? And my friend said, I want you to try to guess what it is that all these people do. Can you guess what our vocation is? So Billy Bob Thornton, he has kind of a crazy little look in his eye sometimes. He has this crazy smile and he looks at us and he's like, okay, I'll play. So my friend said, I'm going to give you a hint. He said, all of us do the exact same job. We all do the same thing. So he's kind of eyeing us. He's looking around. He's like, okay. And sure enough, he says, I know what y'all are do. I got it. He's like, y'all are all a bunch of IT people. Y'all are computer nerds, aren't you? (laughs) And I'm like looking for my phone the whole time. Like, I don't know. And my friend says, no, actually, we're a bunch of preachers. We're all pastors of churches. And that's what my friend said, my name is, I'm the pastor of, and handed Billy Bob Thornton a business card and said, we look forward to seeing you on Sunday morning. (laughs) And he kind of looked around the table, and I wasn't really paying attention, and he looked right at me, 
And to my surprise, he said, how about you? Are you really a preacher? I was like, I am. I'm United Methodist minister. And to everyone's surprise, especially my husband's, Billy Bob Thornton pulled up a chair and came right next to me. And he said, I'm a United Methodist too. And he and I had an entire conversation about his grandmother. We had a conversation about how he grew up going to a small little United Methodist church and that some members of that congregation, they still write him letters and they still talk to him and they still check on him. He said, my grandmother died a long time ago, but I absolutely love the people of that church. He went off a little later to his friends, but before he left, he came back to our table and he said, I am so glad you broke the rules. I needed to remember her tonight. Sometimes we need to break the rules. Sometimes we need to let people not pass by. So often we're worried to offend or hurt or do something wrong that we let behaviors and situations and people walk by us. And it's time not to, because it's the season of Epiphany. And this is when Christ is making appearances all over the world in all different kinds of ways. And we are the people of Epiphany. And so aren't we the ones that are supposed to let people know where Christ is at all times? And too many times those sightings, those details go unknown and unreported. And so it is our turn. It's our turn to nudge the person next to us and say, do you see him? Because if you don't, he's right there. Amen. Pray with me. Gracious and holy Lord, we offer ourselves to you right now. And we ask that you be in ways, be with us in ways that we can see you. We know that we have so much to offer others. So help us break free and do it. Help us share our time as a resource. Help us share our prayers as a resource and our love as a resource and our compassion as a resource. Because so many people are looking for you. And so help us see you in the hands of women who are working Help us see you in the arms of men who are carrying. Help us see you in the commitment of others. Help us to see you as the one holding a place for us at a table and as the one who captures the attention of our world. Lord, we know that you made the heavens open up and you have claimed us by name. So continue to appear at our weddings, at our birth, at our death, and at our healings. Continue to be that constant presence through your mystical and tangible ways. And help us be the people that you called us to be, not just individually, but as your church, as your community of faith. Help us be the ones that are boldly going where we need to be and bolding, boldly calling out your name. 
May we be the reason that other people are able to see you in all things. Lord, we ask this in the name of a child, in the name of an adult who you call son. Amen. There are many ways to respond, one of which is through worship, another is through prayer, another is through your giving. And so we do invite you to give to Roswell United Methodist Church through Chapel Roswell to support all of the ministries of our campus. And now I offer you a very specific way to give your time, and that's through being a host home or being a prayer partner or offering whatever skill and talent you have for AYL, Alter Your Life. It's for our youth group. It's coming up uh, first weekend of February. And I know that Jason and Emily would be more than happy to talk to you if you have a youth person in your lives that would like to join us, or if you have a home that you would like to host some youth, or if you just have time that you want to share. So we invite you to do that. We also invite you to respond through your voices. So let us stand and sing together.